0: Hello everybody, welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room and it's great to have on board the coach of the Under-19 Pro Cricket Team who just finished the Under-19 World Cup in South Africa, Malebongwe Maketa. Malebongwe, thank you for your time, welcome to the show.
1: Good evening, um, thank you for having me, it's a really privilege and honour to be part of the show.
0: Thank you, so nice to have you with us, especially just so close to the end of the tournament. First of all, uh, to you and the boys, congratulations Um, if I may say in a boxing parlance you boxed above your weight, didn't you in this tournament?
1: Yeah, you could say that Um, but in the same breath I think having the tournament in our own conditions um, we were really ambitious to go all the way we we could have been in Sri Lanka where skill set wise we would have actually bought away above our weight to be in the semi-final but to be in our home conditions and having most of our players coming from the high felt, we do, we did feel personally. I did feel we um, we could have gone one step better with the work that we've done and the time frame that we had. We we think we we did ourselves justice.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you'd agree with me on this one. It's enough now. of This Australia is winning all these cricket tournaments. I mean. Seriously, somebody has to do something to stop them. I mean, although, as much as I say that, they really were a very, very good side, weren't they? In the tournament,
1: no, um, definitely it is enough. I think from our side, we need, we always dedicate ourselves to make sure that we win these tournaments. But looking at that Australian team, very mature young men, um, really good in all departments of the game, they had a great bowling attack, and in our condition. If you have that sort of uh, pace and skill, you're going to win more than you're going to lose.
0: Let's remind everybody, um, it was almost at the 11th hour that the tournament was moved from Sri Lanka to South Africa. And I guess as you briefly touched on, at that moment you must have thought, "Okay, this gives us a much better chance um, of being successful in this event because... You knew, I mean, we didn't because we don't get exposed to many under-19 cricketers, but you as the coach must have known. You had a couple of kids there, if I may call them kids, I mean, they're young men, who in our conditions could shock the world, and a few of them did.
1: Most definitely. Um, that was probably one of our our small blessings that we received. Uh, we could have been in Sri Lanka, like I said. Our first squad was really mirrored around the subcontinent conditions And luckily, it was changed to South Africa. We were able to twinkle the squad to really um, fit in terms of doing well in our conditions and having that. And also, most of our players coming from the high felt, like I mentioned before, I felt we really get a great chance for us to do something special in our home conditions.
0: Tell us a few um, sort of highlights for you, and which of I know it's difficult as a coach. You don't want to, It's like If you have twins, you don't want to say one, you love one more than the other, which is not exactly (laughs) the right way to explain what it's like (laughs) being a coach with a bunch of cricketers. But there certainly were a couple of players that have really stood out. Tell us a little bit about them and names that you think we are going to see in the future play a bigger role in cricket in South Africa.
1: Uh, I think you're correct, Louis. Um, Obviously, as a coach... And having um, being entrusted with this talented group of boys, it's difficult for me to choose one player as such. But I think look at the 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 performance uh, of the tournament. The guy who stood up when the pressure was on, which gives you a little bit of more of an insight in terms of what their mental psyche is and what is their skill execution under pressure. You know, you look at Quenama Parker and what he's done. Consistently performed and consistently won us games or put us in positions where we could win games. So that was very special. And you look at the young other batters, they're still in grade 11. (laughs) Funny enough, now only this year, they're going to go to grade 12. You know, Pretorius Luandre was actually quite outstanding in terms of holding the team together up at the top with Steve Stork. We probably had one of the best opening partnerships in the whole tournament which settled the changing room and helped us to perform quite well. And the bowlers chipped in. You know, when we were in trouble, we always had somebody standing up and being counted, which is what got us into the semifinal. Unfortunately, we didn't have that special team performance that we were striving for, uh, which I thought was going to come in the knockout games uh, where everybody chips in. So with those few names mentioned, the future, in, especially in the whole group, We know now what is um, lacking, what we need to help them with getting into the um, transition into senior cricket. And most of it, it's mainly technically stuff for the bowlers and the mental stuff for the batters because they have all the shots. It's about now decompromising them and putting them into some structure on how to be successful consistently.
0: Just like you, I hate to figure or, or single out rather one person in particular, but it would be remiss of me to not talk about and Mabaka. I mean, as I say, we don't see much under-19 cricket unless you don't watch schoolboy cricket. I mean, he came out of the blocks. Everybody knew how good he was, those people around him, yourself obviously included. He's not even 18 years old yet. Um, and I, what was interesting for me is when I was doing my research, I looked on quick info. And I love the way they put left-arm medium pace bowler. <laughs> If, if he's a left-arm medium pacer, I'd hate to see what South Africa produces in terms of fast bonus. I mean, the kid's incredible.
1: Yeah, I know. He's incredible. And, um, and for him, likely, he's got the mental capacity to, to actually handle the tough situation. You've got a few, lot of kids who have the talent who missed out making the team because we just felt mentally they weren't ready yet to handle the pressure. And you look at Quena and he's, the way he's gone about the whole tournament. You know, he's got the whole package. People think you can just run up and ball fast, but mentally you need to be up for it. And you don't have to ask him twice. He's up for it at every opportunity. And he's, um, he's a very exciting prospect for South African cricket.
0: How do we look after somebody like this? Because, I mean, we've had players like this before. By the time they get 20 and 21, it shouldn't splints and its injuries and careers end early. I mean, what would you suggest and what are you telling your bosses at Cricket South Africa and at the academy and uh, the coaches of the more senior teams uh, to and how to handle him and to make sure he becomes another robot?
1: Yeah, it's not an easy fit because everybody's going to definitely claim ownership of such a talent, and everybody wants him to play in every team, which is never possible. He comes from a very stable, good family with a sporting background, so from that point of view, that box is ticked. Uh, His parents would definitely guide him towards making the right decision in terms of his exposure and school cricket. I've always said we mustn't forget that he's only now in grade 12. We need to also allow him to be a child, to be a young man who's growing up trying to figure a life out. And in that way, it means we need to actually give him a little bit more time off because now he's already been to an SAA tour in Sri Lanka. He's been with us. The balance between school and transitioning out of school is going to be important for him, not only from the volume of credit, also for just allowing him to grow up in his own, in his own time. He's a very mature young man. I've got no doubt he's going to handle the pressure that comes with all the expectation. The question is, Letting him go to the IPL, yes, he needs the money. We all need the money. But what is best for him going forward for Cricket South Africa? And as Cricket South Africa, do we have enough leverage to protect him from the workload to be able to say you can miss out on this financial thing because in the um, two months time you'll be here and then everything will be fine and you'll still be fresh and ready to go. It's a difficult balancing stages when there's dollars involved.
0: Yeah, and it must be so, so difficult to go back from a Under-19 World Cup. You've been seen all over the world. You've been on television. You've become almost the poster boy of Under-19 cricket. And then now he's back at school in assembly, in a school uniform, being told by his <laughs> teachers what to do. It, it must be so difficult for him. I mean, it really must be. One good thing about it is all the girls who want to be friendly with him, but I mean, otherwise, uh, you know,
1: it must be so difficult. No, most definitely, it will be difficult. Um, Like I said, he's had a lot of exposure going on the SAA tour, coming back, and a lot of the um, building up to the tournament, he was a big part of media in terms of, so he's grown a lot in terms of the public space and media exposure. Then the one thing I that is in his corner is his humility and humbleness. So from that point of view, um he's a very humble young man and he understands the journey that he's on. And he like I said, his parents are quite well-grounded people who are always gonna help him get the best out of this situation. But it's definitely gonna to be tough, especially after this World Cup now, having to sit in assembly. <laughs> And um, a lot of his phone probably hasn't stopped ringing since he's since he finished because I've received a lot of calls inquiring about him and only imagine what his parents and he's going through. So I just trust his humbleness with carrying him through th- through this uh, tricky stage.
0: Now, as the coach of the side, I mean, 2024 must be really difficult for you because I guess the balance between not just uh, Quena, but all the other guys that are going into grade 12 or side I remember when I was at school, schoolwork, what the heck was that? I just wanted to be out on a cricket field. Um, And I'm sure these guys who are at the, yeah, exactly at the level that they're at. I mean, even more so, how do you keep these guys from almost like holding them back like a racehorse in the starting blocks to say, guys, just relax, you've got to get through school, you've got to get a pass rate, a a good one, and a degree of some sorts, because you know, cricket can end in a, in a flash. Um, not that I wish anything upon anybody, but I mean, it's it's not sure. given that every single person is going to be Tristan in Stubbs and get a contract for nine million in a, in in one go.
1: No, most definitely, Louis. and um, for us, in in many ways, it's probably school is a difference between us winning the tournament and us uh, getting into the semi final because we don't have the amount of time where other teams have to work with their players. I mean, the subcontinent teams are on the process of two years with their players to make sure that they actually win this competition, whereby for us, we only see the kids uh, during school holidays. But Cricket South Africa is very adamant, and um, we work very closely with the schools and the parents in making sure that, like you said, um, we know our job Structure in, in South Africa is quite tough. So if you don't have an education and you're a cricketer that nearly made it, you will not have such a future. So we are very big on schools. And when we, in this tournament, when we go on overseas tournament in June, July holidays, we take a tutor with us. We make sure that their schooling is up to date. And when they get back to school, even if they missed the week, everything is up to date and they cannot point at us and say why he hasn't passed. So schooling is very important um, for us in terms of this journey. And we find as soon as they leave school, cricket skills-wise, they catch up quite quickly because they're actually brighter kids and they understand. And once they understand, it's easier to to execute a skill.
0: How difficult is it? And I I don't know the answer to the question that I'm asking. I guess that some of the kids are going back to some really fancy name schools, and some of them are not going back to some fancy name schools. And there are, I'm sure, on your radar, kids who are at schools that, if I may use the word, township schools. I know we spoke to Tempo Pavuma and to other players here in and they've all mentioned that it doesn't appear as though we're getting what they call township cricketers anymore. You talk about taking somebody on tour with you. It must be difficult if the level of education that these young kids have got is different by virtue of those that are slightly more privileged than others?
1: Yeah, um, spot on in that sense that we're looking at all different uh, kids from different backgrounds, and some of our kids are coming from very uh, disadvantaged backgrounds. And in those schools, they don't have as many resources as other schools. And in this World Cup, we had... um, Player coming from the Easterns region, you know, whom the school can't really offer, but he's made it through all of that and got into the final uh, trials. And Martin Kumalo is a shining example for township schools. Somebody who has been dedicated and works hard, catch a taxi to go to the main franchise where he practices at Easterns cricket, and he's graduated through those circumstances and and he's made it. And um, to be fair, Cricket South Africa is doing a lot in terms of those schools. And if you look at the young kids coming from disadvantaged backgrounds in our team, they're all on bursaries, more than six schools. We have got four guys who are coming from township who have been given bursaries, attending good schools, and they've managed to make the team through that process, where obviously our goal is to make sure that the township kids stay in their own environment with good facilities and good coaches and go up and become protest players coming from, uh, the, from the township. But we haven't been able to do that in this point in time, which is something that we would all agree with Temba and Pange and say we, we need to keep working very hard at it.
0: So let's just look at some of the players, if we may, that have made it. And I think this is something I'm sure that in the dressing room you've mentioned to these kids that, I, I use the words kids because I'm, i mean, at the 17 and 18. When it's my age, they're a kid. I know they're not. They're young boys and they're young men. <laughs> yeah. um, but when when we look back at all of the under-19 cricket that's been played since readmission in 1992, and if I leave anybody out, I apologise, but Wayne Parnell, Neil McKenzie, Amy De Villiers, Mark Boucher, Makai Antini, Kekiso Rabada, Andili Pechlequio, Aidan Markram are the ones that come to mind immediately. Tony de Zorzi is starting to have a career, and there might be one or two others. But that's really just one or two percent of players that have played pro cricket at under 19 who have made it to the top of the pile. Now, you are in a very advantageous position, albeit that, I guess, from adversity comes success. Having the Protea men's team, even though on an interim basis to Australia, are now coaching the under 19 team. What is the difference in terms of the gap between what you've got with you now and the fact that, and it's not just South Africa uh, when I say this, um, maybe only 2 or 3% of the players that play in this tournament will actually go on to represent their country at the highest level. What happens to these guys?
1: Yeah, and. We've always made it clear to the players that um, it's a very, very limited space at the top. And most importantly, your education needs to be up to state. And it also helps you cricket only filters or sorts out your day for three hours of the day during the week while you are prepping. So they've got a lot more time to focus on their education, which some of them don't necessarily take up as much as soccer has done so much to give bursaries and make sure that they, they pay their school fees and their university fees. So these guys, what we pride ourselves on is that, yes, the majority that goes on and play for the protest is a very limited uh, amount of players, but the retention into provincial cricket, it's a better percentage. I would not be able to give you the percentage, but it's a much higher percentage in terms of graduates coming from under-19 cricket into provincial cricket. But it is clear that playing provincial cricket for ten years would not value too many properties, so yeah. we are always uh, hopping on education and pointing the fact that out is there's a very few Cas or who graduate within months from this program into the Proteus program, where even Aidan Markram is a household well named now make the step up it, it's it's a huge it's a huge gap, and mentally you need to be ready for that. And unfortunately, some of them at 19, they're still finding their way. They're still finding their yeah. game plans, which takes a little bit more time. Um, but yeah, we, we're trying to make sure we not only produce cricketers, but we produce good human beings for, for, for South Africa as a whole.
0: I think the last comment that you made is the most important one of all good human beings for South Africa. When we look back at the tournament, is it fair for me to say, and let's just talk about the semi-final against India, that perhaps the difference between how little cricket South Africa's under-19s play compared to how much four-day cricket the Indians played at that crucial part in the game when the Indians were in a spot of bother, they found that partnership and they were able to bats in a 50-over game very similarly to what they would have played in a four-day game and got themselves out of trouble. And if, if I am correct in saying that, how do we rectify that? Because we don't play enough four-day and first-class cricket at that level in this country.
1: Yeah, Louis, I think you're 100% spot on there. And it showed that the maturity that those young men went about in terms of assessing the condition, building the partnership, and actually batting test cricket, um, which is what was required, even from us batting in the first innings, We did require just test cricket batting to get ourselves to the back end where we could maximize the older balls. And that's what exactly they did. And unfortunately for us, the under-19 three-day competition ran away with a few years back, which previous coaches have cried out to try and bring it back. Unfortunately, we have not been able to do it now, and we are pushing for it. And um, any sponsors that are out there that are willing to invest in these young men, it will be a great time for them to come on board and say, come and play some three-day cricket. It will help you understand your game. It will help you be able to build an inning. And um, not only that, help you understand how other people think by standing there the whole day for 90 overs. And if you got a duck, you have a lot of time to reflect and make sure you don't make the same mistake again. <laughs> so we, we need to make sure we try and bring that um, that competition back. We have been trying.
0: Yeah, it's so like you say, you make a duck. You've also mentioned about that. If you drop a catch, the guy goes on to score 80 or 90. <laughs> um, it's a, a lot of runs that you have to watch him score when you realise that you dropped the catch. When <laughs> we look forward, <laughs> um, tournament's done and dusted now. I know one or two of the players are already contracted to uh, franchises in the Pertway T20. A couple of guys I presume came off to franchise cricket in South Africa or at least to the, the unions, the Titans and and, and Western Province and places like that, which I guess will always be is something where they can learn and grow and get to know what it's like to play big boy cricket.
1: Yeah, we, we have a few of them that have already committed to, to to provincial teams. Juan James is with his Western Province and you've got Pile with the Dolphins and you've got Zuma with the Tuscans and Tristan Lewis is also with the Dolphins. So they've already looked at the youth and they've signed them. And um it's exciting for us. It's a graduation school whereby us, we pass them over now to big school, like you said, where they're going to be tested by older and more experienced players. We'd like to believe that we've sown the seed and we've earned uh, work for them to be successful. And uh, the next coaches now, it's mainly about in fostering that understanding and helping them get to know their own personal DNA on how they go about in terms of scoring runs and how they go about in terms of been exposed to at school comes into the phone now and um, like I said our players tend to really catch up quite quickly after school and I hope that will be the case now going forward.
0: What about Mali? Um, you obviously were, and I guess I'll speak for you if I may, great disappointment in not getting the job of the Proteus coach after taking them to Australia as the interim coach. Uh, where to from here for you? Are you staying on as the under-19 coach or Am I asking you a question that you are unable to answer
1: right now? Uh, yeah, um, I think some some disappointment becomes become a little bit of a blessing. For me to get an opportunity to work with this young man has been really, really good. Um, it's given me a little bit more, more list on life. You know, like you said, I was a slightly disappointed not to have been entrusted and given the opportunity to work with, um, with the Proteus team. Now, moving forward, I will be sitting down with Enoch. Uh, I'm, I will, I understand, carry on with the job. And I'm also working with the National Academy squad. So I could see some of these players transitioning into the National Academy, one or two of them to carry on with the work that we're doing. So that's where I'm at at the moment with, um, with these young men and with the National Academy squad.
0: Well, we're delighted you all. We hope to see you and hear from you game soon. Thank you so much for being with us on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Malibongwe Manketa, the coach of the Under-19 Cricket Team. 2024 Cricket World Cup, thank (laughs) you so much for your time.
1: Thank you, Louis. Thank you for having me on your programme. It's an honour and a privilege.
0: That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. As always, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.